God, give a bald guy a break. Amen. Why, 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 you haven't been here in 20 years. Hey, you got rid of the sideburn. <laughs> Give me the usual. He's much happier at work. At, well, just between us girls. Well, he hasn't been this frisky in years. <laughs> I don't want to think about it. Daddy's home, sugar. Come <laughs> here, <laughs> come here, you. <laughs> Whoa! Homie, my sisters are here. Ah, dinner with three beautiful women. I must be in heaven. This is her? Oh, my. Patty, stop drooling. Look who's talking. Hey, there's something different about you, Homer. Did you lose some weight? Yeah, you look like you got a tan. I know what it is, a new tie. <laughs> morons, pathetic morons in my employ, stealing my precious money. This is hopeless. None of these Cretans deserves a promotion. Yeah, it's in the union contract, sir. One token promotion from within per year. Wait, who is that young go-getter? Well, it sort of looks like Homer Simpson, only more dynamic and resourceful. Simpson, eh? Hmm, an unspoiled lump of clay to mold in my own image. A new junior executive. Bring him to me. Attention, Homer Simpson. You have been promoted. You are now an executive. Take three minutes to say goodbye to your former friends and report to room 503 for reassignment to a better life. everybody it's the night fly with dave Juskow, the new year's rosh hashanah edition september 11th what a fun day that oh right forgot about that that's almost 20 years ago i've probably forgotten about it by now but I, here we are september 11th 2018 uh what is it uh 17 years removed from september 11th 2001 God, I hate September 11th. I live in New York, September 11th sucks. Not because, like, you know, things happen and you just you kind of forget about it, but 
You know, but then they keep reminding you. Nobody wants to remember. Nobody wants to remember. I know you're supposed to remember, but I don't want to remember. That was a miserable day, huh? Anyway, what are we getting started? We're starting off on a horrible note here, but it is September 11th. You have to acknowledge it. And it's also Rosh Hashanah. Now, I'm taping this of the Thursday before September 11th. And a, a, a rainy but a delightful New York City evening as the closing hour draws nigh. Now, I'm taping this uh, before the, the football pool and the football season is supposed to begin. Because I wasn't sure when I was going to be able to tape again. Because I got a busy... Oh, it's lightning outside. Oh, that's exciting. I wasn't sure when I was going to be able to tape because I have a lot to do. Which never happens. And I played that clip up front because... Well... I'm going to level with you. I, um... I got a promotion at work because I have new hair. No, I don't have new hair, but I'm I'm, I'm going to get new hair. And I wasn't decide. I was deciding to do I tell people, but then I realized I can't keep anything a secret. So how how can I physically walk around if I get new hair and just be like, oh, there's something different about you? Oh, is there? Oh, oh, really? Oh, I hadn't noticed. I'm just not that kind of person. Uh, I got to tell everybody. I can't help it. I just can't walk around. But yeah, I'm getting it done. It's real messed up. I'm really nervous about it. It's it's really expensive. And um, am I making a huge mistake? I don't know. I don't know. And that's why uh, that's why I'm alone today at the podcast. That's why I'll be alone. I think the next couple of weeks, I can't put anything together because I'm doing this in like a week or like around Yom Kippur. And... Uh, you know, I got to stay home for a couple of days. I can't see anybody because, you know, I'm going to look like a monster. But it's like a one-day procedure, and they provide lunch. And that's why I'm doing it. I want to see what this lunch is. I want to see what this lunch is everybody's talking about, you know? So, I'm, I, I mean, I'm just putting that out there. I'm doing it. I don't know why. I mean, I know why. I don't. It's funny because, you know, I, I, I colored my hair yesterday, and then it, it, it looks great. I'm like looking at it. I'm like, you know what? This looks pretty good. What am I worried about? But it's when I turn to the side and it bothers me. And I guess when I keep going through my head and when I kept saying, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I kept going through the process of doing it. You know? I'm like, I don't know, I don't know. But then I go for the blood test. You got to get blood. You got to make sure you don't have AIDS. I don't think there's anything to worry about. Um, And then I kept like, you know, setting the appointment and doing all these things. Like I just kept doing it and I was like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But I realized I just kept going because clearly I wanted to do it. And that's the thing. I mean, the, the thing is this. People say, is it really going to make you happy? No, nothing's going to make me happy. I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm a depressed person, but I have been happy as of late. And remember, I don't know if you mark, I marked that day on my calendar and you heard on the podcast sometime in June, I marked it on my calendar, but I have it taped up on the wall so I won't be able to see it till next year. Where I said, I'm going to change my life around. And, uh, well, I guess this is part of it. And I said, look, if this is bothering me this much, when I look in the mirror, then I got to do something about it. And it's not when I look in the mirror directly. It's like when I look to the side. And when I look to the side, I'm like, I'm disgusting. This is just me. Nobody cares. Nobody nobody, nobody cares. Nobody judges. It's, it's me. Somehow it's going to make me feel better. And the, the, the point of the matter is, and especially at this ripe old age to do something like this, of course it's ridiculous. I know that. But the thing is, if it wasn't for the money 
and I don't know how I'm going to pay for it. I really don't know. Yeah, I got a promotion at work, but it's only like a, you know, a couple extra grand until December when they maybe give me more. But it, it's not going to pay for this. And I'm not sure how I'm going to do it. But the thing is, if it wasn't for the money, I'd be doing it in a second. So I guess that means I really want to do it. And I'll figure out the money later. I guess. I don't know. So I, I was like, oh, I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm not going to tell anybody. But then, well, how can I do a podcast about talking about me? And I always tell the truth and I'm very honest. And then all of a sudden I do this major thing. And there'll be pictures and they're like, hey, did you go? I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. How can, how can I deliver this podcast to you guys when there's something so major? You do 200 episodes where you're telling everybody you're being honest about your life and about the people you hate and the things you hate or the things you like. You're honest about sex things and you're honest about all this kind of stuff and how you feel about yourself and then you don't tell anybody. I'm like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. What? No, no, no. I just look differently because I colored it differently. I can't lie. Funny thing is, I never lie. I make fun of people and I exaggerate, but I never lie. I really don't think I lie to people unless it's necessary, but I don't really care. Mm. Let me play that. I'll never, I, that's all I think about is that Simpsons clip I played up front where Homer gets hair and he and he runs outside and he's got that hair and he runs into the other guy because <laughs> they both have hair. And then his life becomes better and he, you know, the, the sisters are like, oh, stop drooling. I don't expect that to happen. I don't expect my life like I'm going to automatically meet girls. It's not about meeting women or anything. I mean, no, no. Would I do it if I was married? Good question. Probably not. But I'm not married, and I still would like to get married at some point. I don't think the hair makes a difference, but I guess it makes a difference to me. And the thing is, having confidence is really important. So it's kind of funny because they're like, you know, I mean, think I know I got the promotion before I got the hair, but it is kind of funny because like five years from now, I'd be like, yeah, he got hair, and then he got a promotion. He got his own office. I mean, I know it's happening beforehand, and it doesn't matter, but that's the way we'll look at it five years, ten years from now. It'll be funny. I'll already be 80, but whatever. That's what we're going to be saying. Yeah, you got that hair. You got the promotion. Everybody I've talked. Now, I don't know anybody that's done any of this. I've heard from other third-party people. Like, everybody always says, yeah, I know this guy. got it done. He says it's the best thing he ever did. I don't know. I don't know any people that do it. Now, obviously, they've made the things better than from 20. My mother goes, I told you to do this 20 years ago because, you know, she always wants me to have plastic surgery. I told you to do this 20 years ago. I said, they didn't have this technique. 20 years ago, you looked like a like a, like an idiot 20 years ago with the plugs. My sister's old boyfriend got it. It was disgusting. He looked like an idiot. Um, but it's different now. They got, they got, you know, it's better. It's not the best. Apparently, they take, I just got a haircut before I came. That's why I was like, I want to get out from work early. I want to get a haircut. I want to come here and do the podcast or at least half it until I get, because I got the football pool happening and people are idiots and they don't do this stuff in time. So I'm going to have to take a break so I can make sure everybody's, People have questions, whatever. I know it's ridiculous, right? But what am I going to do? It. Rachel's wedding is Saturday, and uh, you know this will already have happened already in Staten Island, if you can believe it. What? That's what happens when you marry a fireman. Actually, it has nothing to do with it, but yet it does because I think it was Irene who's married to a fireman who recommended the place. And the funny thing is, my friend Caitlin is also there at a different wedding at the same venue. So next week, um, yeah, Nick. Wait, next week I'm not doing it. Right, we'll have another podcast. I mean, I'll never, I won't, there, there'll always be podcasts. But, and then I'll tell you about the whole 
thing, you know, the whole procedure and everything. And then they say in 10 days, it'll look like the whole thing never happened. And then in a year, like a Chia pet, you, you just start growing hair. It's a miracle. I, I don't know. I'm doing it. I get nervous every day I wake up and I'm like, eh. And then I wake up and I'm like, yeah. And then I go, eh. Oh. Go back and forth. I can't decide. can't say. But I wasn't supposed to. I'm not, you're not allowed to get a haircut. So don't tell my doctor. You're not allowed to get a haircut because they take it from the back and it'll be, you know, it'll leave a scar. So you got to leave your hair long in the back. <laughs> Hilarious. But I had to get the sides done because my sides grow like the Joker. So I had to get that. I can't go to a wedding with my sides all hanging out. And believe me, I wish I had this done a year ago right after Lenny Marcus's wedding. So I would look okay. Plus, I've been trying to lose weight in a week because I ate like a pig on Labor Day. So we went to that Peking duck place and I just ate, I ate so much. It was disgusting. And I said, look, I'm, I'm going to eat less and fit into that suit. So, I, you know, so I feel better about myself and I look good. Yeah, I got a lot of issues. Eh, we talk about it on Twitter all the time. I know you guys are like, he's got issues. I know. I hate myself. My mother and sister made me feel like I hate myself. We blame our mother. She's like, this is what you have to do. This is what you got to look like. We all need plastic surgery. Remember, she told me I got to get my eyes done. I've already had plastic surgery, so it doesn't matter to me. I'll just keep doing it, I guess. Look like an idiot. I mean, I don't know whether I told you guys last week, but I I, I, I can't remember because I didn't listen to the podcast last week. I didn't listen to the, the whole thing yet. And there was this girl that I knew. I think I told you guys. There was a girl I knew when she was 19 she came into the bar last Tuesday, and I said, there's something different about you. I'm pretty sure I told this story. And then as it turns out, she's like, oh, you mean, oh, that's right. She's like denying, denying. And I'm like, no, no, no. It's something else. And she had her eyes done. And I'm like, what are you trying, what are you trying to, what are you trying to tell? You know, so I'm like, what am I, I know I'm going to tell everybody. I can't stop telling people. It's embarrassing. This is the most embarrassing thing you can have done besides, um, you know, what I'm also having is a penis reduction operation. It's too big. The women can't handle it. So I got to get it reduced. You chicks know what I'm talking about, right? Come on. It's ridiculous. So then when I get this, I mean, forget with the promotion in an office, doing comedy, forget about it, right? I mean, it's like I'm going to have to tell the chicks to cool it. I'm going to be like, come on, ladies, relax. I'm going to have to tell them. I'm going to have to be like, look, you're going to have to uh, understand that this is the way it is now. I'm a hot commodity with me and my new hair. Of course, all the ball guys are like, no, don't do it. Why don't you shut up? And let me tell you, this is going to really hurt on my gambling. But if I gamble the correct way, I think I can win all the money. Hello? Is this on? I went to the Meadowlands. I won one of the Meadowlands bets last week. So I was like, all right, I'll take that $300. I'll put that into the hair fund. Fund, but then I realized that we're in that Staten Island pool uh, for the Monday night thing. I got to put it in the. I got to put it in the more gambling. Got to reinvest in the gambling. That's a. It's a vicious cycle. Meanwhile, the NFL season starting today. It's unbelievable. I'm nervous, but I'm excited. I hate running this stupid football. I don't hate it, but it's a lot to do. And people suck, you know, and they're like, I, I get really upset when they leave and they get upset when they are, don't make their picks correct. I, 
I don't know why I put myself through this, but my mother and Aunt Judy want me to do the pool, so I do the pool. I don't know. It makes a lot of people happy. Oh, and, you know, then we did puppet picks on Tuesday. The new puppet picks is out on YouTube. Puppet picks, you just type in puppet picks, you know, hyphen 18, not hyphen, uh, what, aster, no. What the hell is that? You know, <laughs> like not the quote, but the one, what, the, the apostrophe. Puppet picks apostrophe 18. Oh, if you want to see comedy. Oh, if you want to see comedy. Oh, ho, ho, ho. folks, could I play the audio now? Sure I could. Why would I? I don't want you to see what I bet because then it's, it's going to be all wrong after tonight. I picked the Eagles. I picked the Eagles. So this comes out later. I'm like, am I going to look like a jerk? I'm always going to pick the Super Bowl champs the first night. Meanwhile, that line has gone down from five points to pick them. I mean, it's a disaster. Puppet picks the first pick. It's going to be a disaster. That's a, that's a horrible way to start the season. But we don't know how it's going to end yet. But Puppet Picks is back every week. Puppet Picks. We've been filming at Sesame Street. And uh, we have Lacey back from, uh, you know, the Artie Lang one we did. Back the Comedy Cellar and uh, some new puppets. Oh, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But I got a problem. I love puppets. And I love football. And I like combining them. It's an issue. The best part is when I come back next year with a full head of hair. People will be like, oh, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. Full head of hair. I don't know what I envision what's going to happen. I don't know. Obviously, I can't stop talking about it. We're going to go back to it. You know, it's crazy. I know I'm going to get a lot of shit. I know I get shit, but I don't know. Is it going to make... Like I said, if the money wasn't the issue, wouldn't even be a question. So there it is, right? So there it is. If the money isn't an issue... There it is. And, you know, I was, certainly I was thinking about doing a GoFundMe page. Of course, it's ridiculous, but I bet you I'd get some money. But I can't. I can't do it. It's too ridiculous. I know I'm putting it out there in the podcast, but I can't put it out out there. I mean, you guys that listen, I mean, you know, you'll know. I don't know why I'm doing it. I keep saying, I keep, look at me. I'm, the, I'm going back and forth. It's happening in like two weeks. And then... uh you can't drink for three days before. I don't know what happens ever. They say you're so goofed up. They used to. I was like, well, what are you serving for lunch? And like a sandwich. I'm like a sandwich. I just paid $15,000. I'm getting a goddamn sandwich. Are you fucking kidding me? They're like, well, you can have whatever you want. And I'm like, well, you didn't say that. Uh, they said they used to serve sushi, but you're so goofed up. They don't put you out. They like numb you or something. You're so goofed up. You can't you can't hold chopsticks or anything, so I don't know. If you're that goofed up, maybe I'll have trouble swallowing and I'll die, which will be fine because I don't know how I'm going to pay this back. This is just as bad as a student loan. This is a disaster waiting to happen. A disaster. But I'm doing it. You know, people were really angry when I got my nose done too, but you know what? Good for me. I felt better after I did. I think. Oh, my God. I really don't know. I'm such a mess. I'm a mess. I'm telling you, I'm a mess. So next week, let's see. We'll, then we'll talk about Rachel's wedding and, and all that and maybe the Giants game. I don't know what's happening now because now the guy I usually get the parking pass from doesn't have his tickets anymore. You know the Maracas family. They're idiots. They're genuine idiots. But they're also millionaires. It's kind of like Donald Trump. They're idiots, but they must be doing something right. Because they're millionaires. 
And I don't know what their story is. This guy gets tickets from Singapore, and then he gives me the parking pass from Singapore. I mean, it's ridiculous. He doesn't have it this year. I was like, that ruins all my arrangements. He, he can't do that. That ruins all my arrangements. I had a plan. Remember, I was going to come for the wedding. I was going to go right to the thing. I was going to make the bets, and then I was going to go to the parking lot. Now it's off a cocta. Because Lee's wife, Lee's wife, this guy, my friend Lee, he's such a, an amazing guy. And he's so stressed. He's got a stressful job. And everybody just gives him shit because he's so nice. And then his wife, who knows, or clearly doesn't know, the one thing he has in his life that he loves more than anything, well, technically it's his daughters, but he loves a Giants tailgate and the Giants. That's his favorite thing in the whole world. That's in his mind, but it's even more so for him. Because he actually likes the Giants. I don't give a shit. I just like the tailgate. But he loves the tailgate. He likes cooking. He likes making the burger. He likes talking about what we're having for the tailgate. It's exciting. It's all his friends. I mean, it's it's such a good time. And that's what he looks forward to the most. His wife gives him a Father's Day gift, a Mets game on that day, on opening day Sunday. Can you believe that? His wife gives him a ticket for the Mets. Hey, you, are you going to take your daughters to the Mets game? It'll be exciting. Oh, thanks. On opening day of the Giants game. Boy, you really stink. I'm so angry at her, and I love her. I really do love her, but that's so uncool to not look at the cat. If you're picking a date out of a hat, why in the hell would you pick September? How do you not know that your husband's favorite thing is football season in September? And the schedule was definitely out. She said you got it on Father's Day. That schedule came out in April or May. All you got to do is look at the calendar. Now, I just set up a Big Brothers Big Sisters show for October 24th at the Gotham Comedy Club. So far, that's the date. And you know what it is? I looked at the calendar. I said, all right, there's no Jewish holidays, no Catholic holidays. It's not Columbus Day. It's not anything. I'm looking at the calendar. I'm looking at the sports calendar. All right, is it the World Series? Of course it's the World Series. What am I supposed to do? Not do anything during the World Series? Are the Yankees going to be in it? I hope not. But there's certainly a possibility they might be. I mean, obviously, they're just going to have to play that one-game wildcard playoffs. So they're going to have to win that. But who knows? You, you can't trust the Yankees. They're probably going to be in the goddamn World Series because that's what they do. But let's hope they don't. Uh, but then, you know, it's still not uh, game, It's not going to be game seven of the World Series, so I think we're okay. But, you know, I mean, I'm looking at that kind of, I'm looking at that kind of stuff because that's, that's how you schedule something. And this idiot is like, uh, oh, September, oh, that'll be great. I'm not even thinking of food. But she comes to, t- how does she not get that? That's what her husband, the one thing he likes to do. I, I'll be, and he's so excited to take his daughter's game. He goes, hey, I'll, it'll be great. I'll go to the tailgate. I'll leave early and then I'll take my daughter. We'll get there by the fourth inning. I'm like, are you out of your goddamn mind? First of all, you're going to be stressing the entire day that you got to leave the tailgate early, number one. Number two, you're going to be stressing that you're only getting there in the fourth inning, which is ridiculous. I said, you know what? You're going to have to forego the Giants game, and I don't really mind either. If you're not going, I'm not going. But you're going to have to forget the Giants game and take your daughters to the stadium. You want to get there at least at noon, walk around the stadium a little bit, and then leave at the sixth inning with two little girls. You know? You're doing it all wrong. You're going to stress yourself out so much. I say don't go to the game. He wasn't using the tickets anyway. He's only going to the tailgate. He's trying to please everybody. That's what he does. He's a great, great guy. And he's trying to please everybody. He's trying to please his friends. He's trying to please me. He's trying to please, you know, his daughter. Oh, thanks for the Father's Day gift. What a burden. Worst Father's Day gift ever. Ever. And if they are at the best seats, there's going to be even a worse Father's Day gift. Oh, I, you know, when people, when other people plan stuff, this is why I plan my own birthdays. I can't have it if people mess up like this. That is a major mess up. 
And he's so well off, he should actually just forget the tickets and get tickets for the week after. <gasps> That's a great idea. I'll tell him that. He's wealthy enough to do that. Forget the tickets. Sell them on eBay or whatever. Get tickets for the next week. Or the week after that or Saturday, you know, whatever. They're coming to Rachel's wedding. I mean, you know, they'll have been. This will already have happened. So I'll tell you everything next week. Next week sounds like a very exciting show. And uh, I'll tell you, this Amy Schumer is causing a lot of problems with this wedding. I can only be photographed for 10 seconds for two... No, she's not doing that, but it's like, uh, you know, it's like, eh, it's like that kind of... Eh, it's Rachel's day. Just, why don't we just relax a little bit? But, uh, I mean, it should be a very interesting wedding. Firemen and com and comedians. I mean, that is a, that, that's an interesting mix. And before I go there, I got to drop off that money at Staten Island so I can do that pool. Now, that's hilarious. You know, in a jacket and tie to this dump that always smells like uh, vomit. Hey, how are you? Excuse me, it's the manager here. I have about $1,000 I'd like to drop off with anybody who will take it. Hello? They're probably going to think I'm a cop. Or maybe they'll think I'm going to a funeral. Ah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. So I can only get my hair cut on the sides, and I was very careful. And the guy that... The guy at the barbershop who first told me, like, hey, you got to go to Bosley. He doesn't, I don't know how he talks. I just made this crazy accent. You got to go to Bosley, man. Listen, what you got to what you gotta do, and we go to Bosley, you check them out. You know, check it out, right? And you got you got a nice head of hair, right? He doesn't talk like that at all. I think he's Israeli, so I, I don't even know why I'm making the Scarface thing, because it's funny. I would never go to a hair guy like that, even with no hair. I would never go to like, hey, man. You're going you're gonna to look good. You're going to look real good. You know? I'm going to cut you real nice. You're going to cut me? What? Huh? Gemma, I'm just going to cut you. I'm going to cut you nice. Anyway, this guy goes, hey, you got to go to Bosley. He left. He left. The one day I was going to come, hey, you're not going to believe what I'm doing thanks to your idea. He goes, oh, he left. He doesn't work here anymore. What? He's worked there for like all the time I've been there. Like he's the reason I started going there. He has nice eyes. He was a handsome fellow, but he knew how to cut a bald guy's hair. He knew we had a thing. He knows not to show me the back because it bothers me. And uh, I don't know. He just knew how to do it. And we had, a, we had a good relationship. And he was a nice guy. I even was texting him today. I'm like, you left? But whatever. So like I said, I wasn't sure if I was going to mention anything, but I am mentioning it, and uh, you know, here we are. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Right? Am I right? I don't, I'm thinking. I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm like, is there anything else I got to tell them? Tell everybody? Happen? I, I don't know. I don't know. I tell you, I'm stressed. This job, this new job, it just started September fourth. I, I, I'm, I'm stressed. I had a meeting today with all the people. They're idiots. And I said, here's what I'd like to do, and they're like, absolutely not. And they rebelled against me. And now I got to cover all the shifts. I, I, I don't know why I did this. Now I got to actually work. Remember, I had to do nothing at my job. It was beautiful. But I just figured if, if I didn't take it, somebody else was going to come in that I didn't know and it would be a disaster. So maybe I just got to wait like two months or whatever and then get it done. But I'm trying to do other things. Meanwhile, to pay for this, I can you know put these shows on at the Comedy Cellar. Not for money so much, but it does help because I'm doing it for my own benefit, the 200 podcasts, all that. Meanwhile, they got that new Comedy Central show like I told you about. 
And now they can't schedule a date. I'm like, this would mess up my whole plan. That was part of my plan. If I schedule these shows, I can make a little money and pay for this hair. And now that might not happen. Yipes. Obviously, I can't make any money for the big brother's big sister. It's a charity thing. Because you know what? Sometimes you got to give it for the. You got to give one for the other guy. You got to go for the other. I don't feel that way at all. But uh, what are you going to do? It's a good organization. <laughs> if there is a hell, maybe I won't go to it because of that. Who knows? And I do like the people that run it. And we're going to put on a good show. We're going to put on a nice show. We're going to put on a nice show. You're going to like it. October 24th is going to be a nice show. We'll have a little deli spread beforehand. It's going to be delightful. You'll like it. But meanwhile. David Tell's going to be in Las Vegas October 20th. What are the odds? He's going to be there on a Monday and Tuesday? That's what I was planning on going. And, and now, I because the show is the 20th. I'm, so I'm just as bad as Lee's wife because I scheduled this thing and I didn't look. Because he, he wasn't scheduled there then. I never thought he'd be on Monday and Tuesday. I thought for sure he'd be there on a weekend. This is very odd. And I don't even know if I can go away anymore because I think Sarah's having a party again. You know, I love to go to that. But I, I can't spend the money. Because spending the money on a flight and a rental car is one month's payment of hair. Of a lifetime of hair. Even though there's not that much life left. But whatever there is, I'm going to have hair. To, you know, I'm gonna, there's going to be that. I, I know it's weird, right? If I got this 10 years ago, it would have been better. I'm in there at 65. I, you know, what's the point? I don't know. Well, you know, listen. I've always told you I wanted to run for Manhattan Borough President, and I still might do it. I'm going to need some hair. You want to run for office, you got to have a little hair. I know I'm thinking that, but it's a, it's a nicer, it's a, it's a thing. And, 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 I was gonna say, maybe I won't look so Jewy, but if you talk like this, if you talk like this, you, people are going to know you're Jewish. This, 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 this is the way we talk. I'm running. Hey, I'm Dave Jessica. I'm running for Manhattan Borough President. So what? Listen. Hey, listen. Vote for me. You should vote for me. Why not? Why not me, folks? Am I right? We'll stop all this parade nonsense in New York City. How am I doing? That's my Ed Koch imitation. What do you think? Boy, that's old school. That's what I was going to... I was telling my friend Caitlin today, I said, it'll be really funny. I get that hair. People, they like, you know, I'll get another job and they'll be like, uh, you know, they'll think I'm... 45 or whatever right but then i keep making these old references i'm like how about that ed Koch? right remember that guy hey do you remember the banana splits wait a minute how old are you i'm 35 i thought wait yeah there was a show back in the 60s well i mean uh, the 1980 i'm gonna keep catching myself and you remember the movie north by northwest from the fifth i mean you know, the first time I saw The Wizard of Oz in the movie theater in 1939, I thought, what? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, much more to talk about that in the weeks to come. Should be rather fascinating stuff. Um, let's talk about Rosh Hashanah. This is what happened yesterday, technically. Here's our plan uh, for the future. So um, it's my nephew's birthday, and every birthday we go to Pizza Hut. But this year, because of uh, uh, the wedding and the first uh, Giants game, and my nephew has something to do the week after, we we can't go. So we were going to go on Tuesday today at night. Um, 
you know, and I was going to have to get off work early and go to Pizza Hut. But I said, why don't we go on Monday for Rosh Hashanah? And that's where we'll have our dinner at Pizza Hut. Makes sense. A nice kosher meal at Pizza Hut. Who wouldn't like that? So then uh, we found out that, you know, we, we go over Rhoda's house and she's cooking this year. And I, I was furious. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought we, you said we were, you were done. I remember, she's a really bad cook. And we thought you said we were done. And she goes, no, I decided to do it. But this is a huge mistake. And I, I didn't yell at her, but I'm like, look, this is ridiculous. All you do is you get cranky. You're tired. You say, like, never again. And, and, and the food turns out bad because you don't have the pride and the time to do it. Why are you putting us through this? How can you have another level of why people don't want to come over your house? And, um, but she just insists. So I said, why don't we, uh, we'll go to Rhoda's for, um, you know, Rosh Hashanah. And if, if, if we can set everything up so we can eat it like one thirty, we won't eat anything cause her food's horrible. And then we'll go to pizza. Hut. Yeah. She's not going to know. So it's kind of a horrible thing to do to your mother, but she's not getting the message. Uh, she's just not getting the message. It's a very selfish message. We'd be like, why are you still cooking? We can cook and bring stuff or we can order in. Why can't we order in? We can all have a good time and fun. Ugh. But she just insists. And like if she was a good cook and she insists and she was Italian or something, I'd be like, oh, that'd be great. Oh, but it's just, it's it's frozen food. It's burned food. It's It's just stuff that was made three weeks ago. It's horrible. So now we're all excited to go because after that, we're going to leave. We'll stay for four or five hours and then we're all going to pizza. So we're trying not to eat the thing that she's going to be like, why isn't anybody eating? And we'll be like, oh, I'm full. I don't know. I don't know how we're going to pull it off. I'm going to be the one that's going to be the most suspicious because I usually eat like a pig. Even though her cooking's bad, it doesn't matter to me. I'm like a dog. I'll eat anything that's in front of me. I'm like, David, I made your favorite chicken and peppers. I love the chicken and peppers, but she burns it every time. It's not good anymore. She She has no pride in her cooking. That, that's that's an issue. I don't understand that you can cook for people and people tell you but your food is this and it's that and just not caring. And I was like, really? Damn it. I, you know, just instead of being, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. I mean, it's, it's, it's really bad. And although this is a very cruel trick to play, you know what the funny part is? They're making a new version of this movie called The Bad Seed, which was from like 1958 or something. And um, the little girl who's evil in it i've never seen the movie but you can imagine what it is so it's a little girl that's evil and the little girl's name who's evil is uh rhoda i didn't know that did you i mean there's not a lot of rhodas and now there's like one there's one in this movie and then and then there's rhoda and then there's my rhoda so she this little evil rhoda the bad seed i think that's what i'm going to start calling her then call rhoda the bad seed it's horrible. We feel horrible about it, but I mean, this is this is ridiculous. Did, don't cook you because I know it's gonna. Have, she's gonna be, oh, David, not even help me. It's just like she, she just sits in there. She's like, oh, and she's like, no fun, as if she could become more no unfun than because she's been cooking all day or for the past three weeks. She's completely no fun. She's tired. She can't sit down. She's cranky. She's yelling at everybody. It's horrible. It's a horrible situation. For such a uh, a New Year fun event. 
So we're making it our own fun, and we're going to get a Pizza Hut. Now, she can never know this. <laughs> so don't tell her. Oh, well, it'll be after the fact anyway. So obviously next week, I'll let you know how that goes, because that's hilarious. That is hilarious. At least I think so. Also, on uh, Monday on Labor Day, I saw that movie, Crazy Rich Asians. That was hilarious. That was a really good movie. I really enjoyed it. My friend Jody goes, I'm going to go see it. I'm like, oh, I'll go see that. Eh, you know, I love the romantic comedies. What are you going to do? Really pretty Asian girl lead. Very handsome fella. Who's the male lead. And uh, I just found out the premise. I didn't know the premise. I'm like, I love that kind of shit. I love that kind of shit. The premise is this girl who's very bright. It was like a professor at NYU, but, you know, doesn't come from money, is dating this guy. And he's like, hey, we should go to my family's house in Singapore. It's going to be fun. And then it turns out, you know, she finds out he's just uber rich. I mean, it's based on these books. And I'm like, that's hilarious. I love that kind of stupid romantic comedy. And and it and it delivers completely. It's really fun. Plus, you know, when you see an Asian movie, there's a lot of cooking scenes. So I love that kind of stuff. That's why I love that movie, Eat, Drink, Man, Woman. There's so many good Asian cooking scenes. It's good. And that girl, what is her name? Aquafina. I think she's a singer. She's hilarious. It's really, it's a really fun movie. And, you know, if you like, you know, if you like Notting Hill, <laughs> you're going to like Crazy Rich Asians. Uh, I hop all over that. I'm, hop, I'm, I'm on board. I went to an 11 a.m. movie because I'm obviously an old man. Well, it was a Monday. It was a Labor Day. So 11 a.m. movie with the chairs that uh, go. That's the second reclining chair I went to. I'm way behind because I never go to the movies. And, uh, you know, it was pretty cool. I still haven't gotten to one of those ones where they serve stuff because I don't want to. Like, I don't want to get any drinks. I don't want to get any fun. I want to doze off in the movie. That's a recipe for disaster. Just have a little popcorn and some soda, and I'm good. And I've never seen how many people can't hold, can't not go to the bathroom in a movie, in the movie theater. They're always getting up and going to the bathroom. You can't hold it in for two hours. These are younger people than me. Everybody's getting up. They're coughing. This is why I hate going to the movies. I mean, everybody's disgusting. People are disgusting. In fact, they just had an article on the plane. There was a plane that, for some reason, Vanilla Ice was on yesterday. I'm taping this on Thursday. Um, where all these people were hacking and coughing, and they gave everyone the flu on the plane. And they said, somebody said, if, you, if they don't let you board when you're drunk, why would they let you board when you're sick like that? I mean, everybody has a sniffles and a cold once in a while. But if you're hacking and you're coughing and you look like you're sick, they should throw you off. Just like if you're drunk, it's the same thing. And they infected everyone on the plane. They said, you know, who cares because they're all coming from Dubai. But, uh, yeah, they, they infected the whole plane. Everybody's panicked. They're throwing up in the bathroom. Like, can you imagine? It's just like that movie outbreak. Horrible. It's so selfish of people to do. So meanwhile, if I was sick, I would totally try and sneak on and not cough. You know, I take one of those uh, pills or something that makes me not cough, at least for the flight, do the best I can to cover it up. Cover it up! You know, just pretend you're not sick, but don't be hacking and coughing away. You know, go into the bathroom and hack and cough so nobody knows. Then you can get everybody's. I know it's hard to say, like, oh, but I got to get home, I got to get home, but you just infected everybody. Very nice, very nice. What else was I going to do today? I think I had some news articles that I wanted to share with you. Now, this Woody Allen thing, this is getting out of hand. Now, this asshole 
Rebecca Hall. So Woody Allen's screwed because I think the thing is that, um, here we go. Woody Allen, after decades of churning out at least one movie a year, we kind of, I think, hinted on this last week, is taking a break. A Rainy Day in New York, Allen's 48th feature film wrapped in November and is set to be released by Amazon before the end of the year. Uh, Blah, blah, blah. Uh, But according to it, may decide to break the deal, even if it means a hefty payout because of this Me Too nonsense and the Ronan Farrow thing. This This kid won't stop. Uh, Woody loves working, never takes vacation, but he'll take time off this year until he can find a backer. He can't find backers. The Me Too movement spearheaded by his son, Ronan, has hurt the author, who was accused of his, uh, by his adopted daughter, Dylan, of sexually abusing her 26 years ago. Alan was never formally charged with a crime. All they do is rip on these people without knowing the true facts, just because this guy says so. And then, of course, we find out that the Me Too movie that Ronan Farrow was like, oh, this girl was her. Then we find out she's molesting 17-year-olds. So, you know, without having the facts, and you're going to get on Woody Allen and this idiot, Rebecca Hall, who owes her career to Woody Allen, she's like, oh, I'm donating my wages ready to victims. Hall said she regretted working for Allen. My actions have made another, another woman feel silenced and dismissed, she wrote on Instagram. Boy, you got a lot of nerve. He made your career. You were happy to work for him. That you knew everybody knew these trouble. These were from twenty six years ago. These things were already out, and you were working for him. Screw you. She was amazing in Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Rebecca Hall. Don't diss on Woody. You don't know the facts. It's a he says, she says, and we don't know the facts. And Woody has disputed the facts. He's not formally charged. And is that what we're going to do? Is that what we're going to do? It's not like Roman Polanski where we, we know there's facts and it's a bummer and, you know, he's apologized, the girl's about to all that stuff. Here we don't have the facts. We only know the facts that he, yes, he did marry a stepdaughter. That's messed up. So if you want to not do it for that, I get that. That's your prerogative. But if you don't have the facts, he, you know, there, there's been, everything has been disputed. And he's, you know, we've found out that Mia Farrow's crazy. She's feeding her son with nonsense. Now, this guy, Ronan Farrow, he's pretty good. He's pretty good at getting the facts, but this isn't fair. It's just not fair. There's no facts. It's not like the Harvey Weinstein stuff where we know there's facts. And for somebody like that who owes their career to a Woody Allen and, you know, somebody who I obviously worship, uh, it's uncool. It's uh, really... uh, troubling you know i mean can i just play the scene again we played last week with alan alda and christ of misdemeanors again can i just play that because i just I, i'm sorry i want this guy there's no proof of anything i want this guy to keep making films because this and let alone why don't we look at september 11th which is today when is that going to be in this situation where he says it but I, we have to look at this we have to play it again because it's too awesome i love new york i was born in that building right there Behind the, the guy, uh, the statue there, the guy in the pedestal. I love New York. It's like a, it's like thousands of uh, straight lines just looking for a punchline, you know? And what makes New York such a funny place is that there's so much tension and pain and misery and craziness here. And they got that's the first part of comedy. But see, you got to get some distance from it. You know what I mean? That the, main, the thing to remember about comedy is if, it's, if it bends, it's funny. If it breaks, it's not funny. So you got to get back from the pain. You see what I mean? But the... the uh, like they said, they asked me up in uh, uh, at Harvard, a bunch of kids asked me, well, 
what, what's comedy? So I said, and then this, this is part of what I'm trying to say about getting back from it. I, I said, comedy is tragedy plus time. Tragedy plus time. See, when the night Lincoln was shot, you couldn't joke about it. You couldn't make a joke about that. You just couldn't do it. Now time has gone by, and now it's fair game. See what I mean? It's tragedy plus time. Okay, we're out. That's it? So fast? I shut up ten rolls on your first question. That's my favorite. <laughs> I shut up ten rolls on your first question. Um, that's a, that's another thing, too. First of all, that scene is obviously genius. Obviously genius. You know it is. Um, Alan Alda's brilliant in it. Woody Allen's brilliant in it. And it's just such... Uh. Anyway, but what do we think about that with September 11th? When is the distance that he's even saying? Because he's... The funny thing, the best part about that scene is that he's in he's an asshole, Alan Alda, and a big note, but there is truth to what he's saying. He's just so... Such a dick about it that we just make fun of it but he's right <laughs> like the night Lincoln got you couldn't make fun of it but you need some distance and then it's fair game so the question is when does September 11th become hilarious now might, some of you might say never but uh, I don't know sometimes we make jokes about Pearl Harbor and stuff like that it might take 50 years I don't know what the distance is uh, you know but but it'll be I mean uh, family guys made fun of it often David Tell's made fun of it, you know, because these guys are good. They're real good. I've even made fun of it, which is, um, I've told you my joke, and Sarah loves it, but it never works because I'm not, I'm not, I'm just not good. So, you know, my joke is that uh, uh, I had an imaginary friend uh, growing up, but he died in uh, 9-11. I don't even know why he went to work that day. Now, see, I think that's hilarious because when it bends, it's funny, but when it breaks, it's it's comedy. It's a, a couple kids in uh, Harvard actually actually asked me, um, you know, what what makes comedy? I, everything he says is so funny. Anyway, um, here's another thing: the guy who co-created Spider Man uh, died like almost relatively not penniless, but his estate was only worth like one point three million. The guy that co-created Spider Man with Stan Lee, one point three million. That guy should have like a billion dollars. Everybody was surprised. It was like, he, and he didn't leave a will. Uh, and the guy, Steve Ditko, and he died at 90. Look at him and uh, Stan Lee both living to ripe old ages. Well, speaking of which, today, I just heard Burt Reynolds died. Yeah, I mean, I guess you know by now, but it's, uh, wow. I mean, he was... Old and he looked horrible. Well, I mean, what, what are we going to do? We're not going to play this? A little tribute. I mean, I, I wasn't prepared for him to die. It's so interesting about Burt Reynolds, too. I mean, he was such the shit in the 70s. He was so cool and so funny. And and cool, like I mean, you know, we, we had posters of him in our rooms. He was so cool. He could do dramas. He could do comedies. And then he just made so many poor choices. We were talking about that with somebody the other day about, you know, actors that just kind of ruin their own careers, you know, by making poor choices. The exact opposite of Tom Cruise, who should not even be heard from anymore. He's such a wackadoodle and a weirdo. But this guy keeps making really good movie choices. When, you're, when you think you're through with Tom Cruise, 
you see a movie he made that you forgot about, you never watched the movies, and then you see it on cable, you're like, well, that was pretty good. It, it's fa- and, and you know who's another guy like that is Keanu Reeves. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, this guy sucks. I mean, Tom Rose at least good, but Keanu Reeves sticks. We hate Keanu Reeves, but he makes really good movie choices sometimes, you know? Those John Wick movies are really good, and somehow he rises above them, so we don't care. But Burt Reynolds, R.I.P. But kind of great, you know, I don't want to see him in any of the movies. I want to remember him the way when he was great with Smoking the Bandit and so cool and awesome and funny, and he really was something else. But, uh, you know, he just looked bad over the years. I guess we'll find out more information. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's just old age or whatever, but um, by the time this airs, we'll find out more. And I'm sure there'll be a couple of fun tributes, too, because he really was an interesting dude. Even had a successful series after, you know, when you thought it was all over, that Evening Shade thing and stuff. I remember in the 60s, that's where he came from, a series, I think. What was it called? Dan August or something like that? Or or am I thinking of, yeah, or something like that. It was Dan Tana. Maybe I'm mixing it up. Anyway, uh, so, uh, yeah, the Spider-Man thing just reminded me of it. I don't know why. How does that guy not have money? See, that's messed up because Neil Simon also died this week. And uh, he had some money. He, he left. He left. In fact, Neil Simon, you know, just wrote a bunch of really bad plays, I think. I never was a Neil Simon fan. I like The Odd Couple, but I only like The Odd Couple TV series. I like his movies. I never liked his Broadway plays. I love The Goodbye Girl. I love Seems Like Old Times, I think it's, right? Goldie Hawn, Chevy Chase. Um, I love, well, uh, that's it. No, there's probably something else. I don't know. So I like a lot of his movies, but I really didn't. I liked, um, what was it, Biloxi Blues? Right, yeah, I liked that with Matthew Broderick and Christopher Walken. But I didn't like the play. You know, I just I thought his plays were dull and boring and uh, never comedy. I hate that they called them comedies because they were like never a true comedy. And when I finally saw a true comedy play, I was like, this is a good. It was that, I remember, it was the uh, Tale of the Allergist Wife, Charles Bush III. And I'm like, see, now this is a comedy. Neil Simon stuff is not comedy, and I'm not interested, and I'm bored. But he did write a lot of plays, and I guess people seem to like him. I don't know, maybe before our time or whatever, but he still was a powerhouse of playwriting, and they named a goddamn theater after him, so it was pretty impressive. Um, but he left $12 million to his fifth wife. His fifth wife. How do those other wives feel now? He left $12 million in cash. Two apartments at the Ritz Tower on Park Avenue and his original manuscripts to his fifth goddamn wife. Can you imagine that? Elaine Joyce. She was an actress. She's 74. She'll be able to use all that money for another 20 years. Sweet magic. He had a 45-page will. Uh, he's, He's giving money to his adopted kids. Some money to charity. Seems like he had it all figured out. Unlike this Spider-Man guy, I don't know what he was doing. Neil Simon. I mean, uh, yeah, we. Oh, so that's what I was talking about. I was on the um, Anthony Cumia show and, and Dave Landau show uh, on last Tuesday, uh, a week ago, and I, I had such a good time. Um, it was so much. It, it was okay. It was better without Artie for me. I, it was just easier, and you know, you can get a word in, and Artie's not crazy, and he's going all crazy. And I had such a good time, and it, and it really flew. That guy, Dave Land, I'd never met him before. Great guy. Great guy. I really like Anthony Cumia so much. You know I love Artie. 
But this just, I don't know. It was just more fun this time. It's, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, remember I told last time I didn't even get a word in, which is fine because Artie does absolutely make me laugh. But so does Anthony. And Dave was great. I mean, he was really, really good. So it was so much fun. But that's what we were talking about. Uh, something uh, about poor choices in movies, I think we were talking about. And uh, yeah, we had that conversation. It was kind of interesting because, you know, it's fascinating. Like John Travolta, we were talking about John Travolta. I, th- I think it was with those guys. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we we're talking about John Travolta and how he kind of ruined his career by, you know, making very poor choices until uh, Quentin Tarantino built him back up with um, Pulp Fiction. My God, that was going to kill me. If I couldn't remember, I know it's killing you. You know, when you listen to something and somebody can't remember and you're yelling at the, you know, you're walking around listening and you're yelling at the thing and people are like, why are you saying Pulp Fiction? Why are you saying Pulp Fiction? Oh my God, that's horrible, right? That's so horrible. So, so especially a show like this where we like movies and all that kind of stuff. Um, but if you're talking about making horrible choices in movies and John Travolta is a great example and somebody who's able to build back and now he's back making bad choices again. It's fascinating how they just go right back to their old habits. And if him and Tom Cruise are in the Scientology thing together, why can't Tom Cruise help him? Are they even friends? How do they not know each other? How are they not best friends? Awkward. The other thing I want to talk about, it's kind of interesting. There's um, a big shakeup at the New York City Ballet. Oh, my God, I can't believe it. There's a Me Too movement thing going over there. And you thought Black Swan was messed up. The New York City Ballet is a breeding ground for sexual exploitation where male dancers and staffers traded explicit photos of ballerinas and one benefactor suggested tying up girls so they could abuse them like farm animals, a new lawsuit alleges. Now, I love this suit because you know I like the ballet, you know, except on Super Bowl Sunday. My mother always makes me go to the ballet. I like the ballet and I like, I know this is going to come out however it comes out. I like watching the men in the ballet. I don't care what you think. I like watching the men because I am fascinated that men can be that graceful. Because we're not. I think anybody listening to this podcast, we're not graceful. I'm pretty sure any of the guys I have listening to this podcast do not do ballet. And remember, I took ballet when I was little. I am just not graceful enough. Men are supposed to tap dance, not do ballet. But you always assume they're gay. Except for Barishnikov who was the manliest of men. But I know as funny as it sounds, I like, I'm like i more fascinated by the men that can be so grateful because it's so hard to be grateful as a man, especially a straight man. That's why we know Travolta's gay. He's not out, but you know the way he dances and his gracefulness, it's hard to be graceful as a man. Now, you got Steve Martin and Christopher Walken who are really good at being men and being graceful. But it's hard because you're embarrassed. If you're a man, it's hard to be graceful. It's hard to put your arms up in the air without feeling gay. So you really have to be a manly man to go for it and be very strong and powerful. You got to lift people. So it's kind of cool. That's why I like that. I'm like, boy, it would be kind of, I mean, you know, you could, are you kidding? To be a man in the ballet? I I would think you could get laid constantly. I can't believe this is the first lawsuit. There's probably the ballerinas are probably for years. You just assume the, the guys there are probably gay, but they're not clearly. And they have their choice of women. And remember, if you've seen Black Swan, it's very close to that. Ballerinas are crazy. Now, I know this, and they're crazy sexually. So it makes sense. Now, remember, it's their fault they're taking pictures. Now, these guys shouldn't talk like that, but they shouldn't share the pictures. But it's their fault they let them take the pictures. They're not just sneaking pictures. Because I've, I have dated a ballerina before. 
in was night yeah, I was living in my old apartment in Queens. So it was nineteen eighty-eight or eighty-nine. I was dating a ballerina, if you can believe it. I know it sounds crazy. I had more hair. I was dating this ballerina who lived in Queens, and she was a professional ballerina. That was her job. I don't she didn't make it to the New York City ballet. Because then I would have told you about that when I opened the podcast. But she was a ballerina nonetheless. And she was sexually crazy. You know what I mean? She wasn't crazy crazy like a lot of these ballerinas. You know, they and they all smoke cigarettes because they got to stay thin and everything. Um, I think they depict that in The Simpsons, which is really funny. But, uh, yeah, she was uh, crazy, always sexually crazy. And, uh, you know, I met her parents. We, we were dating heavily. I hung, You know, I hung out with her brother. He's like, oh, I hope you become my brother-in-law. I'm like, what? I remember I was working like two jobs at the same time and I kept falling asleep at their house and I felt horrible. Just like that guy that I told you about last week who fell asleep under the bar. I was that guy. So I kind of get this guy if he's working this job. But if he's just partying and he's going out, then he's kind of a, well, no, that's okay too. You know, what am I going to, that, that'd be two-faced if I say that. But I was dating a ballerina, thin, pretty, and open for anything, you know? And that's the way this goes. So if they had, cameras that took photos back then i'm sure she would have been like hey let's take some photos but you're not you're supposed to share you show the guys but don't show you know like hey check it out hey because i bought my friends with me hey check out this girl i'm there you're not gonna believe it i still can't believe it it was so long ago it's 30 years ago it's 30 years ago i had forgotten about it until i read this article i can't believe it let's see New York City Ballet student dancer Alexandra Waterbury claims ex-boyfriend Chase Finley, who looks so gay, secretly took compromising photos of her, oh, secretly, well, and passed them around. Well, I mean, who? what guy's not going to do that? Finley and fellow dancers have been bounced from the company's upcoming season. Well, you're not supposed to spread them around. I mean, listen, guys, I mean, you should know better. Especially in this day and age. What are you out of your mind? And don't secretly take the photo. I still don't believe it secretly. I think they're up for anything. But that's still no reason to spread them. Or you can't do, you know, you say, hey, I'm the, look at that. You know, you can show your friends. You got the pay, you know. But if you took them secretly, it's not cool. But isn't that funny that there's all these straight guys at the ballet that there's trouble? That would be the one place you would think there would be no Me Too problems. The New York City Ballet. No, it's all gay, guys. It's okay. It's not? That's a, like, do you know any... I, 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 was like, I took ballet in school. There was one... I took ballet when I... What was it? 1970... I don't know. Whenever I was in fourth grade. And there was one other dude in the class. I think I've told you this story before because it's classic. And I was like too cool for school. You know, and I was embarrassed in front of the girls. And they're like, David, show us how you do a Sinead turn. I'm like, yeah, I guess maybe I can do that, right? And it's like, come on, right? I swear I was doing that because I was just like, I was, I was embarrassed. So I was trying to be like, I don't know, really? You want to see me do that? Because that'd be crazy, right? And come on. But the other kid in the, in, the, in the class was, he was amazing. And so it was even worse. But if that kid wasn't gay, he had to have been gay. I remember his name. It was Matthew something. You should probably look him up see if he's still around. I just can't remember his last name. But it's funny because we have an alumni for the, it was a Vern Fowler School of Dance in New Jersey, in Colonia. And there's a, 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 a page on Facebook for alumni. And it's really funny when I, and I'm like, hey, everybody. And it's all like, um, 
you know, 15 year old girls who, you know, who are alumni because they just stopped, you know, like, or maybe they're, maybe they're 19. Hey, do you remember when Vern? I'm like, sure I do. And night. whoa, you're not, you're talking about 2007, not 1977. Oh, it's hilarious to join that site. I don't think there's any other dudes on it. <laughs> it's like, Hey, what's up ladies? Hey, how did this guy get in? Oh, he was a serious dancer. Tap and ballet and musical comedy classes. Oh, I did it all. I'm telling you, my parents all hooked me up. They hooked me up for the big ride, which was going to be show business. Show business. They wanted me to be the guy. They wanted me to be a triple threat in show business. And that's why I got to say, that's why I know David Tell likes me. And then says he's like, no, Dave's a real performer. He can sing. He can dance. Because he knew he knew I came from that school of, yeah, you got to know how to do it all. Dave, I don't know how you're going to make any comedy. You don't know how to sing and dance. You got to be kidding me. I would say this to David Tell all the time. Dave, you're never going to make any comedy if you don't know how to sing and dance. Are, are you kidding me? I think I'm the last person that had to learn that. It's funny when you think about there's a there's a movie with Clark Gable where he sings and dances. Because back then... Even though he wasn't a singing and dancer, it's very clear in whatever movie that is that he's wearing a cane and a straw hat. <laughs> he doesn't sing and dance. And there's a classic one. I think it's called Good News with Peter Lawford. I've probably talked about it on this podcast a hundred times. My dad used to make fun of it for years. Peter Lawford does not sing and dance, but he had to at one point because back then when they were making musicals, everybody had to learn to sing and dance. It's like now you got you, you to gotta learn to be an action hero at some point. It was like that, so so that's my parents are like, no, you got it. Are you kidding? How do you think you're going to make it in show business if you don't know how to sing and dance? Well, I don't think Burt Reynolds knows how to sing or dance. Hell, he knows how to sing and dance. He just doesn't do it. You have to learn. You're not going to make it in show business. David Tell, you are not going to make it just by doing comedy alone. You have to sing and dance. Now, if that's not the funniest thing you've ever heard, then I don't know what is. Me telling David Telly's not going to make it in show business because he doesn't know how to sing and dance. Now, that's comedy. When it bends, it's funny. But when it breaks, it's telling David Tell that he's not going to make it in comedy unless he sings and dances. I mean, that is funny stuff. I mean, let me explain something to you about comedy, folks. I know comedy, and that is it. Comedy is interesting because... He muttered under his breath, Jew. No, I'm not. We were walking off the tennis court, and, you know, he was there, and me and his wife, and he looked at her, and then they both looked at me, and under his breath, he said, Jew. Alva, <laughs> you're a total paranoid. Well, how am I a paranoid? I pick up on those kind of things. You know, I was having lunch with some guys from NBC, so I said, uh, did you eat yet or what? And Tom Christie said, no, Jew. Not did you, Jew eat, Jew, no, not did you eat, but Jew eat, Jew, you get it? Jew eat? Uh, Max, you, uh... Stop calling me Max. Why, Max? It's a good name for you. Max, you see conspiracies and everything. No, I don't. You know, I was in a record store. Listen to this. So I know there's this big, tall, blonde, crew-cutted guy, and he's looking at me in a funny way and smiling, and he's saying, yes, we have a sale this week on Wagner. Wagner, Max, Wagner. So I know what he's really trying to tell me, very significantly, Wagner. Right, Max. Max, you see conspiracy in everything. Max, it's a good name for you. That's a pretty good invitation, right? It's a good name for you. You see conspiracy in everything. Now that's comedy. I know it's Woody Allen again, but I'm just saying, that's comedy. Did you eat yet? 
I mean, that's the thing I was brought up on comedy. I mean, when I saw that movie, I'm like, I got to do comedy. I have to do comedy immediately. And then, of course, you know, I mean, then, 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 please, you know, I found this. He has been called an American institution. He's been able to call over nine American presidents friends. And for over 50 years, he has made us laugh at the lunacy of the world around us. I'm Brock Linehan, and my very special guest today on Stars in One is that intriguing compilation of complexities, octogenarian Bob Hope. Cleveland, Ohio, 1908. And a six-year-old Leslie Towns Hope sits in the Alhambra movie cinema, awaiting the first reel, the first film he will ever see. Was that the first time that you fell in love with the concept of cinema? Boy, that's wild. That's amazing. Who does your research here anyway, Methuselah? <laughs> See, now that, then I realize, well, there's different kinds of comedy. Because that, in a way, is just as brilliant as what we just heard before in a completely different way. Because when it bends, I'm not going to give you a comedy lesson. Or should I? I'm right about everything. It's like when I told the Blue Man Group, are you guys for real? Nobody will hire you. Oh, yeah. Well, yes, yes, well, I, well, I do. Brewster, I'm as proud as ever to be a woman at this hospital. Listen, uh, Dr. Brewster, please, I'm not a honey or a tootsie. My name is Dorothy, D-O-R-O-T-H-Y. Dorothy, I love what you did with our scene today. Oh, speaking of which, I just found out some interesting news. Um, I don't know whether it's public yet, but I really don't give a shit. Uh, uh, the guy I know who let me, uh, you know, Audition for Tootsie, which I'm not going to be in now because, unfortunately, his play just won uh, Best Play of the Year, so now we can have his pick of um, idiots. His next project, ready? I've already told Dory. Well, now you know what it is. I spoiled it. Yes, Princess Bride musical, which was so weird because my brother-in-law goes, I've already written songs for that. And I'm like, oh, my God, I have to play Vizzini. Inconceivable. Everything I say is inconceivable. If you start a land war in Asia, it's inconceivable. Why would someone do that? You bested my giant. You defeated my Spaniard. Inconceivable. <laughs> I guess I guess that's why I'm not, you know, writing it, but I could do better. I could do better. Um so I get what is that? Oh yeah, they uh, they announced that the new Doctor Who with the the chick uh, is coming out. Uh, it's going to be Sundays this year instead of Saturdays. Are you kidding? In October during football season, have you guys lost your mind? Although that could be fun watching a new Doctor Who after I've lost so much money, it might uh, calm me down. Oh, by the way, I also um, this weekend I binge watched for the first time like anything because I usually it takes me a while, but I actually binge watched like in two or three days. The Sinner, my niece Liza said, hey, 
You should watch The Sinner on USA. It was very entertaining. Very entertaining. Eight episodes. It was easy. Now I'm watching Sharp Objects, I think, with Amy Adams, which is not so good yet, but I'm still into it because the girls in the office said, you have to watch that. So, you know, I got to keep in touch with the with, with the ladies. You know, until I get my hair, I just got to keep friendships, but then it's going to turn weird. It's going to turn awkward. Um, Because remember, there are several bartenders that count on me. I'm an advertising man, not a red herring. That's right. I've got a job, a secretary, a mother, ex, two ex-wives, ex-wives several bartenders that count on me. Hello. I don't intend to disappoint them all by getting myself slightly exactly. killed. Exactly. That's exactly what I was saying. So, um, uh, I lost my place now. Um, Doctor Who, or Sundays, I... Oh, yeah. So I was binge-watching right that, and... Um, well, that's it, really. Oh, I know what it was. I got another shout-out at HQ the other day. It was unbelievable. My friend Steve Fabricant, he said, like, hey, you got to watch HQ, but I didn't think it was going to be me. And he goes, and another shout-out to Dave Joskow. And my sister and uh, my niece's friend heard it. It was exciting because they didn't know it was coming. That's the best kind. Anyway, um, I don't know. You know, I guess we'll end with a kind of a the uh, uh, westbound and down uh, song for a little Burt Reynolds nonsense. Maybe we'll give him a full tribute next week. I don't know. I don't know. I'm having a lot of trouble... Um, uh, putting the show together because you know I got too much on my mind, you know, like um, with the with the, the the hair and everything. So, you know, and I I can't have anybody see me. And I can't have anybody in the house. So it's got to be a, just a couple of podcasts with you and me, and then we can get back to normal and 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 get some really interesting guests, which was the big plan at the beginning until all this happened. So that's the story. So next week, uh, I will tell you all about uh, the the Rachel Feinstein Peter Brennan wedding. That has already happened when you're hearing this. And uh, I will uh, tell you about the scam our, our whole family's uh, playing on, on Rhoda. And uh, and the week that you hear that, I'll have already gotten my hair. Yeah. But the podcast will be coming out before I did that. And then the week after that, and maybe I'll even record it on Yom Kippur, I will explain the procedure and then after that we'll go back to our normal podcasting ways don't you think so that's our show for today and i hope you enjoy it and i hope you enjoy the night fly because i enjoy bringing it to you happy new year everybody and we'll see you next time on the night fly this is dave Juskow signing off until next time good night everybody We gonna do what they say can't be done. We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm westbound just like a bandit run. Old Smokey's got the mills on. He's hot on your trail. And he ain't gonna rest till you're in jail. So you got the dog, if you got the duckin', you gotta keep that diesel truckin'. Just put that